Welcome to the Pennsylvania Association for Gifted Education podcast, empowering educators and parents to meet the diverse needs of the gifted learner through awareness, advocacy, and action. Hello, everyone. My name is Katie Leach, and I'm the secretary on the PAGE board, and I am very excited today to be introducing to you another board member, uh, Pam Seeger. Pam has been involved with our podcast, and she's been podcasting all of the other board members, but I am delighted to actually be the one to be able to interview her today uh, to help you get to meet her and to know and learn about her passion for gifted education. So we'll get started. Pam, here's my first question for you. It's all things gifted. Tell us about your background, growing up, your family, teaching experiences, and how you became involved in PAGE. First, thank you so much. Again, I'm so excited that you are doing this with me, Katie. Um, You know, based on the last one that you did, you are a natural and I love this. I'm so excited. So thank you. I have a a child, a daughter who is gifted and her name is Emma and she was recognized as gifted when she was six years old. So I think that gifted and talented education has always been something I've been fascinated with, you know, since the time that she was around two years old and started reading chapter books. And I'm sitting there thinking, how in the world can a two-year-old read chapter books? And so I started to become much more interested in how to accelerate students, especially my daughter, and really how to work with them to grow their passion and their interests and their talents. A couple of years ago, I work at Agora Cyber Charter School, and a couple of years ago, I was told about page and I was told about a conference that was being held in Pittsburgh and so I reached out to my principal and reached out to the board and uh, asked them you know can I go to this conference and they actually allowed me to go to the conference and I was so excited I went there I was in love with everything that I saw I actually went with a colleague Leah and we had such a great time. We learned so much and we met so many wonderful people of which a lot of them were on the board. And so I remember reaching out to Callie, who's the president of PAGE, and I said, hey, <laughs> if you ever need anyone to join the board, if you ever want help, I know I'm really green, but I'm very excited and passionate about gifted and talented education in Pennsylvania and I would love to apply. A little bit after that, she reached out to me and said, if you want to apply, we actually are expanding the board. And I did, and a year and a half later, here we are. Pam, what inspired you then with that passion for gifted? What inspired you to become a board member? Well, I wanted to take on more responsibility. I wanted to become more of an advocate in the state of Pennsylvania for gifted students, in particular in the online learning setting. Because I work at Agora, which is a cyber charter school, and we have an advanced learner program, which is not exactly a gifted and talented program, but it does work toward helping to grow and advance those really high intellects, the uh, top achievers. And I really wanted to make sure that the endorsement that I was studying for at the time at Millersville, that I was able to grow that as well as grow in my confidence working with students on that level, and then becoming more acclimated to the gifted and talented field of education in Pennsylvania by working directly with board members, I thought that this would be a perfect fit for me where I could definitely learn 
and be introduced to more people that could hopefully help me learn and that maybe there was something that I had maybe again it could just be the passion that I have for this group of students or something that I have experienced that I could really push and emulate out to the board or even in the cyber charter school world that would help grow interest as well as advocacy in Pennsylvania. Pam, definitely. You have you have so much to share and to offer because you are not only a teacher, but you're also a parent uh, of a gifted child. So, so that two of the groups of people that are involved in PAGE and in our membership. So um, if you could think of some advice that you would give to parents of gifted children, what would you say? What would you give them for advice? Every child is different. And so what I used to do was definitely a fallacy and and something that I don't recommend. You don't want to take a look at your child and say, okay, well, my child's going to learn on this level in every single class because studies show that gifted children learn on this level in every single class and every single (laughs) um, circumstance, which of course is not the case. Uh, Every child is individual. And also there are some children that really don't want to be branded, gifted, and talented. Um, also, they don't, they don't want to be necessarily in that group. So I think that sometimes parents become a little bit more excited about their child being deemed gifted and talented over the child themselves. <laughs> so yes. I think that, you know, as parents, we need to kind of sit back and we need to allow our children who have been tested and found to be gifted, we need to let them advocate for their needs. And if their needs are just in one area, or if their needs are to be in an inclusive environment, you know, maybe they don't want to to be in a pullout, you know, maybe they don't want to travel with other kids that are gifted, maybe they do, we don't know. But as parents, if we make the decision for our gifted and talented children, we're actually robbing them of their advocacy. We're robbing them of their voice. And I really do believe that the best advice that I could give is let your child be go through whatever it is that interests them, whatever passions that they have, or even if they don't at that particular time, allow them to do that organically because they will grow, whether they're growing when they're in second grade or sixth grade or in high school or even in college, allowing them to go at their own pace and to you know, kind of really grasp what it really means to be gifted and talented and to make sure that we're not just concentrating on academics, but we're also taking a look at addressing any needs that they might have socially, emotionally, and psychologically I think that's the best advice that any parent can have. That is so true. That is so true. And, and it's important. It's hard sometimes as a gifted parent because you want to help so much, but, it, but that, that is excellent advice. All right. Very good. Well, not only are you an excellent parent, you also are very good at doing podcasts. Uh, can you tell us about the podcasts you've done for Paige and what you have learned from them? Well, first, I definitely want to give John Thomas a huge shout out from Agora Cyber Charter School because I did not know how to do podcasts to save my life. <laughs> but I, I was on a podcast with them. John Thomas actually did the podcast with me and invited me onto his, I'm going to say air quotes, show for Agora. And I loved it. I thought, oh my gosh, this is so fun. It's so organic. It's so authentic. I love this. It's just 
really wonderful. I like it better than blogs. I like it better than webinars. And so I want to thank him first and foremost for teaching me how to do this because it really gave me the courage and confidence to step up and say, hey, Paige, you know, do you want to go this route? You know, is this something that you might want to be interested in? So I'm so excited for that and that opportunity because they really are fun. And I really learned that every single person is so incredibly unique in their approach toward discussions that revolve around gifted and talented education in Pennsylvania. There's so much passion out there. And I really, I have to say, and I have to reiterate, the people that are on the board for PAGE are volunteers. The board members are all volunteers. We do not get paid for what we do. Rather, we give back, and we give back because we care so much about gifted education in Pennsylvania. We are true advocates. So what I have learned is how much passion and how selfless the board members are and how much they really want to give back to gifted education in Pennsylvania. And really, to me, that is so incredibly humbling, and it's such a beautiful thing to listen to every time you're able to sit back and interview someone and listen to everything that they have to add from affiliates to yourself, Katie, and all the other board members. It's just been beautiful to see. I, I know that feeling. It is amazing that the board members, we all have a different expertise, and we all are willing to help each other. And that, that is one of the great things about our board, which, which I love being a part of. And I know your niche, when we listened, uh, I was on the board before you, and when we listened to your interview, one of the things that I thought is you have the expertise in online learning, which is something that Paige didn't have as, as, a, as a teacher. I do teach online uh, at Wilkes University, but you have the actual work uh, being in a school that does the online. And so I thought that that was great. And you are, uh, I think, not only an expert, you add all of that dimension to Paige as we do so try to serve all the students that are in Pennsylvania. What led you to the online learning? And tell us about your work as an online instructor. Years ago, when my daughter's Emma, who was in, actually, she was in kindergarten, and Sarah, who was in preschool at the time, a couple of things happened that I was not a huge fan of, and I thought, hmm, well, you know, I don't really have my own curriculum. I am certified to teach English in the state of Pennsylvania, but certainly not elementary. So I wanted to, to get my daughters out of that particular school system, and I wanted them to feel safer and be in a safer environment, and at that time, that was at home. So I partnered with a cyber charter school, and I just saw how much it helped Emma and Sarah grow. They were able to learn at their own pace. They were able to accelerate. The school was absolutely wonderful. They are the school that actually recognized Emma as being gifted. They enriched her. It was just such a beautiful transition to see that I thought to myself, you know, when I go back to earn my master's degree, before I get back into the field of education, where do I want to go? You know, exactly where do I want to go? What students do I want to work with? And obviously, I thought brick and mortar, you know, I, I could definitely do that. But I thought, okay, where am, where am I being called to? And just based on how much it helped Emma and Sarah for the time that they were in uh, cyber charter school, I thought, you know what, there's no question, this is where I want to be. I want to be with kids who, for whatever reason, this is their second choice. Something may not have worked well in their brick and mortar school and or there are just circumstances at home 
or in their environment that led them toward this avenue of education with distance learning. I applied for Agora Cyber Charter School and I was hired and I am now in my ninth year teaching eighth grade English. And quite honestly, again, when I sit back and I think, where should I be? This is exactly where I should be. And I still have been able to form relationships and bonds with students. You know, yes, it's much more challenging because your students are online. However, there are integral, fun, unique, clever ways that teachers can still build relationships with their students online, as well as the families. It just takes that passion to do so. Oh, Pam. Oh, okay. Now I have a lot of questions just about online learning. So I'm going to take them one at a time. Uh, I'm really anxious to hear your answers on this. So first of all, what advice do you have for gifted students in the online environment? Advocate, advocate, advocate. <laughs> so they really need self-advocacy. Students that are gifted and talented and that are in the online setting, they don't have the opportunity to be face-to-face -face with a teacher, with a coordinator. So because of that, you could see that as a potential obstacle. And what we need to do as integral adults in their lives, we need to teach them to have their voice, find their voice and use their voice appropriately. Gifted students in the online environment, they can get lost and it is our job as teachers and educators and positive role models in their lives to teach them to have that voice so that they can advocate for their needs. If there's something that they want to learn, let them speak up and let them learn it. If there is something that they might not like or they wanna try a different project or a different approach toward an assessment um, or different way to learn or collaborate with their peers, allow them to do that. But when you allow them to take initiative in their learning and you help them to grow in that confidence and to find that voice, it is so beautiful what happens because these really wonderful, oftentimes misunderstood students really start to grow and they build that self-esteem and they find out who they are. All right, well now that the next question then, so what do you do if you are gifted and your online program does not offer gifted support? You ask, you say you ask your student and you ask for more help and they don't give support. How exactly does that work? Agora Cyber Charter School currently does not have a gifted and talented program. However, that does not mean that we will not work with gifted and talented students. What you need to do as a parent is you need to reach out to administration, reach out to a principal, reach out to leadership and let them know my child is gifted, my child is, is talented. They are coming from a different school that did recognize them. And even if that school does not have a gifted program, what you can do is you can still work toward advancing them. We have an advanced learner program. We call it the ALP and we have this for elementary. We also have it for middle school. And this is where what teachers do is they work together. They work with the learning coaches whom would be the parents or guardians that are home with the children as well as the family coaches who are assigned to them. We all work cohesively together in order to identify what is most important, what are the, the greatest needs for that child, especially if they are advanced, gifted, or talented. And we need to find ways to carry that interest and carry what they do excel in to that next level, regardless of what that is. If we have to enrich the curriculum, if we need to maybe advance them in a class, Maybe they are in eighth grade, but they could be in ninth grade 
math or ninth grade English, you know, we need to take a look at that and we need to make those adjustments so that they are still being challenged because bottom line, gifted students need to be challenged or they become bored. And if they become bored, they become regressed. We, everybody needs to speak up on behalf of the child in that circumstance, especially the child and especially the parents who are actually physically seeing them at home. Right, right. Now, do you know who is gifted in your program by the work they do? Or like, are, are you given a GIEP if they went to a public school? We would receive GIEPs if they did go to a public school. We don't follow the GIEPs because as of right now, we don't have a gifted and talented program. However, we can take a look at that GIEP just like we would an IEP, and we can work toward addressing their individual needs. So what we can do is we can take a look at a child who may have a GIEP, maybe they need advancement and enrichment, and you know maybe they need different types of projects or outlets for, say, history or English class. What we can do is we can work with them, we can take a look at that uh, GIEP, and we can find ways to implement that and make that come to fruition for them so that we can still grow them. Now, we would not necessarily be held accountable to that GIEP because we are not a state accredited, gifted and talented school or nor do we have that program. However, we do have an ALP. So if a student has a GIEP and they are in elementary or they're in middle school, we could put them into the advanced learner program or they would be traveling with a group of students that would be on or around that same intellectual level that they are so that they could learn together throughout the day. Okay. I, I am also curious if, if you, what do you suggest? What advice do you have for teachers who are working with gifted in the online format, especially if they don't have a public school GIP, uh, like to see what students did before, like what do you do for gifted in your classroom? Personally, what I did was I used the interest a Lizer form and I did push that out to not only the students, but the parents. And I think what's really important about that is it gives the student the opportunity to have a voice, but then also the parents or guardians. And then so what I do is I take both of those together and I compile that information. I also send surveys out to the students and families to complete so that I can take a look at interests as well as accomplishments and any particular awards or anything that child may has received from a previous school that they are sharing with me as well as their parents or guardians. And so what I do is I take all that information together and then I put it onto a spreadsheet and I track exactly what their needs are and how I can individually reach and match those needs for them. And so really what you wanna do, again, as far as advice, you need to make sure that you're getting to know your gifted and talented students individually. Yes, they might be in a group traveling together in an advanced learner program at Agora Cyber Charter School or other cyber charter schools. They you know, definitely would have different programs. When we take an opportunity to sit back and to collect the data that can be used, not just from the student, but from the parent and anyone else involved, whether that's grades from previous schools, administrators, what have you, and we put this together to come up with some type of a plan that addresses their needs, we're gonna see so much more success from the student, but they're also gonna see, hey, you know, my teacher really cares. They took time to compile all this information. And maybe when they're super young, they may not say that as opposed to being a little bit older. 
But the parents are definitely going to appreciate that because what we're doing is truly what the GIEP is supposed to be doing. And we're creating something individualized for them to help them grow to whatever aspirations that they have in the classroom. Exactly, exactly. That is the purpose of the GIEP. Okay. Oh, Pam, thank you. Thank you for sharing all this information. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about uh, online teaching before we go to our next topic, which is podcasts? No, I'm really interested in talking about a future podcast with you. Okay, great. So what are you interested in doing? Where are we going next? So I definitely want to talk to more affiliates. I think it's wonderful to do that. We definitely need to hear from our affiliates. They have an enormous amount of information to share with us. I really do think that we also need to talk to Dave and Matt again in order to kind of update us on our, like where we are with the conference, where we're going to be as far as what the fall is going to be looking like as well as next year. So I think that's a really good follow-up there. Also, Katie, I have to admit, I think that because we definitely in some way or some capacity, we are going to be in some type of distance learning, maybe not everywhere throughout the entire state, but definitely in pocketed areas. I think you and I just continuing to have many series where we're addressing any potential issues that might come to light from online learning or any advice that we have. Maybe even if we get a couple of students to come on, I think that would be fun. You know, students that can share how they've been successful, maybe students of yours, even college students of yours, as well as students of mine who are comfortable in having that voice and sharing it out with us because it's great that you and I gave advice, but I think if we were also to move forward and get some advice from students who are living through it, I think that would be wonderful. And then, you know, even people who are willing to or have signed up to do the online conferences with us that might want to talk to us for you know, like a quick 10-minute podcast, I think that would be fun for us to explore as well. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. And I think it, it might be interesting, too, to talk to some regular ed teachers who don't usually teach online and what their experiences have been in the switchover. So that can maybe help some other teachers uh, who are also um, new with setting up like the different you know, classwork online. So I like that idea. I like that idea. And I will look forward then to working with you on that. Yes. Um, one of the things that I learned about you that I, I didn't know before, and that is that you're learning Spanish. Tell us why you're learning Spanish and your experience with this. I really think it's important for everyone to be bilingual. And I'm Greek, but I don't speak Greek. Being a thousand years old, as I say to all of my students, uh, learning how to speak Greek might be quite challenging for me at this time. <laughs> but when we think about Spanish, it is a very important language for people in the United States to speak. When we're fluent in English and we're fluent in Spanish, I just think that it really creates a level of trust for Spanish-speaking families, but also we have so many areas within the United States where we have people who speak Spanish. And when we take that initiative and we learn to speak their native language, like they have learned to speak our native language, I really think that, again, it builds the trust, it builds camaraderie, it builds a relationship and creates a stronger bond. And I do have Spanish speaking students and families, and I do wanna be able to speak with them or even offer to create Spanish assignments for them where I can actually read them and understand them and engage and matriculate with them based on their assignments 
And I think that this would also bring just another le level of inclusion in the classroom. Pam, I admire you for that. I, I, think, I think that's wonderful because again, that is going to show your students, your Spanish speaking students, that you care enough about them to try to learn their language. That's fantastic. Good luck on that. Good luck. I think, I think it's great. All right. I cannot thank you enough for all that you've shared with us in this time we've had together. Is there anything else that you'd like to share to encourage online learning or to encourage gifted parents? Online learning may not be for everyone, but it is for a lot of people. And I, I really think that it has to be looked at on an individual basis. There are people that just grow to enormous accomplishments when they do attend a cyber charter school or whether there is an online program that their school district has. Not all students learn well in a brick and mortar setting, just like not all students learn well in an online setting. But when we offer them the opportunity to see what is best for them as the student by working with their parents and working with them directly, we're again, I'm all about advocacy. And so we're giving them a choice and we're giving them a voice to see what would work best for them. And as far as encouraging gifted parents, you know, I definitely think if, if you can network with gifted parents in your area, maybe just check out Paige's affiliates and take a look at where they may be located in proximity to you. Um, take a look at some of the wonderful resources that are out there for gifted parents. I think that is wonderful. Um, NAGC has wonderful publications for parents of gifted and talented individuals, as well as a slew of other things. And our website as well, if you go to Paige's website, we have a plethora of resources available to parents as well as educators that can really encourage them to become more knowledgeable and more confident working with their children who have been recognized as either advanced, gifted, or talented. That's true. That's true. I, I think that our resources, we try to add all the time and do different things with them. And I, I would like to also throw out to anyone, if you want to join the page board, uh, just go online and there's an application there. And uh, it, is, it is a wonderful thing to be a part of. It's our passion for gifted uh, that propels us forward to do all that we do. And Pam, again, I cannot thank you. Your work in podcasts is imperative for us now. Uh, so many people want to learn more about gifted parents, uh, striving you know, to be better parents, teachers, to be better teachers for gifted education. And these podcasts, I really hope can help and you do a great job with them. So thank you from all of Page Board for all that you do with the podcast. It is just amazing. So to our audience, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed our interview and I hope you've learned a lot uh, with the um, online and about Pam. Uh, she's great to have on the board and we'll tune in next time. And I hope you'll continue to join the podcast that we make with Paige. All right. Take care, everyone. Again, this is Katie Leach uh, from the Page Board, uh, our interview with Pam. And we really enjoyed having Pam Seeger with us today and on our board. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Pennsylvania Association for Gifted Education podcast today. This is your host, Pam Seeger, saying thank you so much, and we will see each other again.